Hello, and welcome to the Hairline Crime Podcast with your co-hosts, Morgan and Ellie, where we cover cases that will make you scratch your head. In today's episode, we will be covering the unsolved case of Trenton Duckett. According to The People magazine, Trenton was a two-year-old child that went missing the night of August 27, 2006, just after 9 p.m. Trenton reportedly vanished from his bedroom at Widmere Apartments in the 1400 block of Griffith Road in Leesburg, Florida. There had been conflicting stories about when his mother had put him to bed that night, but it's believed to be any time from 6 to 7 p.m. His mother, Melinda Duckett, called later that night and was reported breathlessly talking to dispatch. And here's a clip from that call. What is Trenton wearing, honey? I don't know. He was ready for bed. You don't know what you dressed him up before you went to bed? Um, he might have had his shoes off and, um, or his shirt off, um, no shoes. And how long has he been gone? You don't know? I was watching a movie that was two hours long. I had checked on him before anyone came down to the house. When police had arrived that night, they noticed that the bedroom window screen had been cut open. Because of this, they started to speculate that he had been abducted or even carried away. They couldn't tell what the screen had been cut with, or even if it was cut from the inside or outside. And this is the only physical evidence at the scene of his disappearance. So with little to go on, the police made an appeal to the public to search for him. He had disappeared without a trace. background information, Melinda, Trenton's mom, and his father, Joshua Duckett, had begun dating at South Seminar High School when she was only 17 years old. Then, they had only been dating for a short period of time when she got pregnant with Trenton, and he was born on August 10th, 2004. So, I'm showing my age, but um, I was born in 2004. That's, I, I don't have any words. They later married in 2005. They tried to make things work, after, but after the marriage, their relationship spiraled out of control. This relationship is contentious, said by many. This made for the process of a heated divorce starting to take place in 2006. There were numerous allegations of domestic violence between the couples, and even abuse of Trenton before and after the marriage. There had been several reports of Melinda threatening to hurt Trenton if Joshua didn't come home and work out their issues. That's a little ironic. Yeah. Given she's yeah. she's the problem, she's a part of the problem. I can't. I can't even imagine. Like, why? Why would you want to threaten a child? Or use that's, him as a bargaining chip. That's, that's not. That's not right. That's not healthy. It's not. And even with reports of her dangling him over water to provoke Joshua, things got so bad she was involuntary committed under the Baker Act. For some reference, the Baker Act is a Florida law established in 1972. It states that families and loved ones can provide emergency mental health services and temporary detention for people who are impaired because of their mental illness and who are unable to determine their needs for treatment. After this treatment, she was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive personality disorder. And if you look from the other side, Joshua had been with the police chief and called Melinda to show the police that she was a danger to herself and her son. If this was true, Joshua did do a good thing. But in June of 2005, he recanted all his statements. 
Because he later admitted that his mother was the mastermind of the whole thing and that they had both made it all up. Then he later filed a restraining order against his mother. I would. Yeah. I feel like I would. I would if too. My, if my mom did that to like yeah. my significant other. Furthermore, everything was fine up until October 31st, 2005, when there was another report that Melinda had scratched Joshua in the car and threatened to kill Trenton. She also even held a knife to against his leg. Trenton's or um, Joshua? Supposedly what I read, it was Trenton's oh, okay. leg. That's even worse. Exactly. Exactly. And that's probably why the Department of Children and Family Services had had enough and finally placed him in foster care. So then, when trial came around for custody, they released him back to his parents and Melinda got custody because she did pass all her psychological tests in order to get custody. Mm -hmm. Then she had filed for divorce later in 2006 and a restraining order against Joshua. And apparently... It was because of threatening messages from her husband on his MySpace account that came from that account. Um, It was later found out that she was in fact the one that sent them herself. She sent them to herself after getting access to his account. So the restraining order was a mute point, unfortunately. Yeah, Which which is crazy because I feel like while we're reading this, you don't even realize that this kid was two years old yeah and all of this happened his parents were fighting he'd already been in a foster home like i can't imagine what that kid is going through he wasn't even out of preschool yet he wasn't even in kindergarten he was he would be in his early stages of preschool very important stage of development now for more uh emphasis on the investigation Investigators found photographs and sonogram images of Trenton, along with some of his toys, in the trash bin when they searched Melinda's apartment after the child's disappearance. And the day before his disappearance, Melinda told detectives in her official statement that she picked Trenton up from her parents' house and, along with a shotgun, decided to take him to a shooting range in Ocala, which is nearby. Did you just... Why would Melinda take Trenton to a shooting range? I don't know. He was two years old. Um, I have no idea why. Um, All she says is that um, she told authorities that she never actually made it to the range and instead got lost um, driving around Ocula National Forest, which is nearby the shooting range, um, before finally returning home to Leesburg. And just for reference, that's about, I think we saw about a two-hour drive both ways. Yep. Which seems a little absurd as well. Um, a lot of Melinda's story and stuff have many holes in it, along with um, just some suspicious behavior in general. Melinda, she told the police also that she cared for Trenton afterwards until Sunday, putting him to bed that night around 6 to 7, and then checking on him two hours later, right before she made that fateful 911 call. And looking more into my research... Mm-hmm. Didn't she have two friends over that night watching a movie? Yeah, they were both male. <laughs> and they were watching the movie for um, like about two hours while her son slept in the other room. And But they testified that they hadn't seen Trenton at all that night. I mean, we could go off on a tangent about that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like in a separate oh, thing. Oh, definitely. Again, just so so suspicious. Yeah. Just all around. Mm-hmm. 
And the fact that there was basically no sighting for yep, there were, the whole Sunday. Mm-hmm, there were no sightings of Trenton by any outside sources since late Saturday afternoon, according to the Daily Sun. But more so on like a lot of the suspicious things that Melinda did that made people and the police be very suspicious of her is that Melinda had a history of producing and selling sexual erotic and pornographic videos online. Um, she refused to take a polygraph test and did not cooperate as well with the authorities compared to her husband, Joshua. He ended up to, he ended up taking the polygraph test and passed. With all of this combined, police believe that she could have also lied about the timeline of the night Trenton went missing, according to the Charlie Project, and due to their suspicions of her, she is their main suspect. Now, moving on to theories about the case, I don't know if I don't know if you saw any, but oh, yeah. did you see the one about uh, Trenton's grandfather that mm-hmm. was on death row? Yeah. Um, so Jimmy uh, Trenton, Joshua's father and Trenton's grandfather, was sentenced, charged and sentenced to death row for, I believe, some crime involving sexual assault with a minor or something along those lines. But one theory, and there's a lot of theories, one of them is that um, he, Jimmy, the grandfather, could have been involved at any point in his disappearance um, because Melinda was corresponding with him and writing letters to him while he was in prison. Um, Trenton was known, I think he saw him like at least once and uh, while he was in prison. And she was also noted, apparently, to wanting to meet up with Jimmy the day Trenton disappeared. Which I did read that they did drop the investigation on her grandfather, mm-hmm. but it's just so interesting to me how the media just takes it and... And just runs. All, yeah, yeah, all of a sudden there's this guy on death row in prison that could have been involved, and now every yeah. outlet has to mention that, even though he was cleared of all charges. Mm-hmm. Which and he was in ridiculous. prison when it happened. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Which is so ridiculous yeah. to me. Another theory is that Melinda sold Trenton out of the country. She is she was born in South Korea, but was adopted by a New York couple. And so she lived in America. And some people believe that she was sold she sold Trenton out of the country to South Korea. But there is no evidence of that. Um police and um internet like national agencies and stuff have have looked into it there there haven't been any there hasn't been any evidence melinda's um history with porn online pornographic videos and things like that um some people believe that she sold him off in the sex trade or he became collateral because of the sex trade and she had enemies with that there's a theory that when melinda drove to ocula forest to go to the shooting range she actually left Trenton there or killed him but no body or evidence of the boy was found there though the police did search and and stuff he just up and vanished yeah he really did up and vanished I think that's all the theories that I could find in my research but Melinda or Trenton's story actually doesn't even end there because Melinda goes through another tragedy in her life pressured into an interview, a phone interview with Nancy Grace on CNN's headline news broadcast. 
There is no auditory or video records of the scalding interview, but there is a transcript provided by Fox News. Very grilling interview where Nancy Grace goes a little too far with Melinda, pressuring her and pressing her for information that she was not willing to give. And according to articles, after this interview airs and Melinda is finished, she, instead of trying to further help police and go back to her home, she instead takes a shotgun with her to her parents' house and um, kills herself in her closet, which is unbelievably horrifying. Yes. That should never, nobody should ever feel like they have to take those kinds of consequences because, right. because of the media, honestly, mm-hmm. because of what Grace did and put her in the spotlight like that when she really did not want to be at yes. all. The investigation is not in your hands. That is the police's business to do. If you want statements, go ahead, ask questions, but you can't, you can't do that kind of thing where you are pressuring somebody to talk when they probably haven't even told the police, to your knowledge. And if Melinda was still alive, they might have been able to get information from. The police might have been able to get information, more information. If she, even if she is responsible or has a part to play in it, she could have broken down at some point and told the police. They could have found out more information. Somebody would have gone forward. Instead, those secrets, if you will, go to the grave with Melinda. And I I definitely, the media like forgets to separate between Mm -hmm. the police need to do their work and you're just covering the news and the facts. Right. Nowadays, it seems like they're just making up theories and obviously like clickbait and stuff, Mm -hmm. which, which is basically just sensationalized. It's it's yellow journalism, things like that. Um, Very money centric. Which is very sad because it's so prevalent today. Mm-hmm. It's so prevalent. Especially it's, with true crime. Mm-hmm. and It should not crime. be monetized. F- yes. Like, these are people. These are victims. They're human beings. Exactly. They should not be exploited for money. So, you might be wondering, like... Since Nancy Grace had such a big impact on the investigation um, and the fact that it's still a cold case right now because Trenton hasn't been found, does Nancy Grace show any like remorse or regret, even, anything like that? Yeah, I would even guiltiness, I would yeah. say, for supposedly tipping off the iceberg mm-hmm. for her death. Much, I mean, regardless if she was involved or not, yeah. Melinda was involved or not. You are a part of the sequent events that led up to it. Oh, for sure. I feel like it's human nature. If she didn't feel maybe even a little bit guilty, I would I would yeah. be a little concerned. Yeah. On record, she Nancy Grace does say that she doesn't think that the interview was what caused the death, according to uh, a interview later on, because uh, Nancy Grace does get... Uh, sued by Duckett's family for emotional distress and being the cause of Melinda's death and suicide after the lawsuit is settled, which is a whole nother thing. Grace goes on an interview with Good Morning America following her death and Grace says, and I quote, if anything, I would suggest that guilt made her commit suicide. 
to suggest that a 15 or 20 minute interview can cause someone to commit suicide is focusing on the wrong thing, end quote. Quite a large accusation. Especially if you didn't get any information from her in your interview. Yes. How could you, I feel like you gotta consider a lot more than just guilt, even if the police view Melinda as the top suspect and there are no other present suspects. Like, you have to be proven guilty before you are guilty. Later on, the family does sue um, Nancy Grace. The case was dismissed, but there was a settlement required by Nancy to establish a $200,000 trust to finding Trenton. And if he was not found by his 13th birthday, he... The money would go for the Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Again, a family was ripped apart. Exactly. I, I can't even imagine. And if you do want to see a part of Good Morning America, part of her um, interview, we do have the YouTube video linked down below. I think to wrap this all up, we have to focus on media, which I'm glad that we do not have Nancy Grace's segment anymore, even mm-hmm. though that may sound harsh. And I think this type of bombastic and bombardery that like that kind of tactic it's not I don't think it's useful I don't think it's helping anybody you might get your answers you might not it's it's, at the end of the day you're reporting about somebody so I think you need to be respectful because they are humans regardless if they're guilty of a crime or not they're still humans again like I think we said before media really needs to Nowadays, I guess you need to start deciphering yourself between all the clickbait mm-hmm. and information because there's such just yeah. so much fake news, which is really sad nowadays. But yeah. You just have to kind of keep your mind open as a reader, I think, to an observer with the news and get the story from multiple perspectives, multiple news, like Trenton, who is still missing today, and he will be uh, 18 in 20. 22. It's a somber end. In in total, I'd say um, if you do have any information about Trenton, Trenton's whereabouts, his possibility of his whereabouts, maybe even you've seen him without realizing it because there are composite predictions about what he would look like now. Um, you can call 1-800-THE-LOST, which is 843-5678, or Lieberg's Police Department at one three five two. 787-1212. And with that, we'll also leave a link down below in the podcast if you would like to donate to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And with all that, we'll see, see you, you next time. time.